This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Question, folks, of what is it that we know? I think it's a really important question. Because our lives can, can get so sort of sped up and, and, and busy that we can lose track of what we know. And yet that's so much part of servant leadership. We've been looking at this series, and this is part two of it. Last week we looked at in serving a bigger picture, we need to learn how to lead afraid while not being led by our fears. That's important. And this week we're looking at something about our hearts. In serving a bigger picture, we need to know what we know, calmly accepting what is, and can we say those four words? Calmly accepting what is engraved on our hearts. What is engraved on our hearts? I think that's a really significant question to look at. I love these words from, from St. Francis. and he, This is the words he offered on his deathbed. And I think they, they speak to that. And they speak to kind of what the big picture is on the other end of this. And it's simple. I've done what was mine to do. May Christ teach you yours. Clearly ties in with servant leadership. That idea that we all have things in our life that we actually are called to do, those, those pieces we are supposed to be. And you have this idea of servant leadership. Like, I want to connect those two. So, so here we have this idea that our job is to go out there and to serve into the world. And, and to take on leadership positions, and they can be very ordinary ones. Just in our families, in our work lives, in our most important relationships. And really find our way to service there. And really understand that that God is kind of calling us to something. Calling us to something of our work. And imagine being at the end of your life and and being able to really honestly say, yeah, I really did the work in this life that God gave me to do. And that wish, may he give you what is yours to do. It's a beautiful concept. And the Bible talks about that. It talks about how how, how religion and, and, and this idea of call, this idea of vocation, how it slowly starts to be written on our hearts. So I want to take a look at a passage here in the book of Jeremiah. This is from the Old Testament. And I want you just to listen to these words about covenant. Now what we're going to do is I'm actually going to read the first one. And then what we're going to do is then we're going to pass around the microphone. I need four brave volunteers who want to hear their voice online. Four brave volunteers then who want to read the other part. So it starts off with this. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. Now I need four volunteers. Please raise your hand. All right, the next slide. You read the yellow there, Chris. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. That's it. Can we all say that H word really loud together? Hearts, 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 hearts. Beautiful, right? And I will write it on their hearts. Who's somebody who's a fan of green? There we go. I will be their God and they will be my people. That beautiful piece of like God, and you can kind of like, like feel God like putting his arms around us with that, right? Like, I will be their God, they will be my people. Next slide. All right. Who's, oh, there's an orange fan up there. You're making me work out back here. 
No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord. And that idea of like, it's, it's, you know, this covenant that comes to be written, it's not about sort of someone else with all the knowledge and you don't have it. So who's a big Red fan here? Bob, there you go. Because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Greatest. So because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. And then it finishes up here. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's just a beautiful line there about covenant and how covenant can actually start to work. And and what this is about, like here's God saying, ready for this folks, that you actually do have knowledge. You actually do have a sense of what the purpose of your life is. I think that's so important to understand, especially graduation. Like, how many of us either just graduated from anything, eighth grade, high school, college, or the parents of a graduate? Please raise your hand for a minute here. Right? Like, it's a graduation season. And that idea of graduation, that idea of of how are we going to hold these things that are written on our hearts. And here's God saying, there is something written on your heart. Now, this is how New Church puts it. For most of us, and this is me paraphrasing here, stuff needs to go into our mind, into our memory, where we mull it over. So for a lot of us, we kind of hear stuff, and then we, and then we just kind of turn it all over. But then there's this other part. And at times, it is simply already, can we say those four words again? And at times, it's simply already engraved on our hearts. Right back to Jeremiah. Engraved on our hearts, and we see it, we see it within ourselves. Now, the challenge here, folks, as we look at servant leadership, is understanding that that when those things are engraved on our hearts about what we need to do with life, what we need to do with the world, those decisions that that come out of that are not necessarily always easy. Matter of fact, they have a lot of times that that are challenging. You know, I think about people who are caregivers. I think about people who are who, who feel called to make stands that may not be the most popular things in the world. I think about just that simple part of leadership, and that simple part that, that in a certain way there's a time where we have to go alone with it. This is how Craig Barnes phrased it, and I love the way he put it. It doesn't matter if you're leading a nation, a company, a congregation, a school, or a family. A time comes when you just have to do what you believe is right. You give up on consensus, being admired or even appreciated. It is the inner voice, it is the inner voice that you need to serve. It's the inner voice that you need to serve. I think with servant leadership, and I feel so much part of the spiritual journey, we have to be able to really grab a hold of that inner voice and start to understand that that is what to serve. It's a challenging thing to serve because I feel like it's, it's a weighty matter. This is John F. Kennedy during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like it's a weighty, it's a hard thing. It's a challenging thing to do because it can, it can feel like such a burden. And I know for me personally, like where I struggle is, is I always feel sort of caught. Like I know what I know, but then again, you know, you always have to be checking that. Checking that with God, checking that with other people. And it can be a real challenge. Now, as the band comes out for the middle song, I want you to just like breathe and really think like, yeah, what is it that I know? 
what is that part of me that might be trying to come alive? What is that part of me that I need to have some awareness on? What is that part of me, that inner voice, that I might be able to actually start to serve? That I might actually find out ways to serve, ways to grasp it, ways to have it come into life. It's a challenging, it's a challenging question. Because I don't think, you know, that all of us would look at leadership as constantly being like this big heavy thing, but it has moments like that. We need to be clear about that and find God's help in both finding that voice and helping that voice to move forward. I love that that chorus, right? There is a love and a light that flows in your veins. For every one of us here, there is a love and there's a light that flows in your veins. That coming back to what I know, that coming back to those those deepest parts of us that, 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 you know, again, that St. Francis quote, I've given what was mine to do, I've done what's mine to do, trying to get in touch with that, trying to create communities that can support that, trying to give voice to it. And it's a challenge, it's a challenge to do. We live in a world, again, that moves so quickly, so fast. And, and, and is so attuned to our every single preference that it's like, in, I don't know whether this will make sense or not, I hope it does, that we can get so lost in just finding those preferences and those opinions that we can miss that bigger love and light that flows in our veins. So it's a quieter thing, a more staid thing, something we need to actually relax into and listen, listen carefully to. And again, sometimes, and I say this with a smile, when you start to get in touch with that, don't be too surprised if it feels a little bit like anguish. It it can feel hard. It often does for me. I love these words from Jeremiah. Again, the same, same book that we got the other words from. But if I say, and here he's all frustrated, if I say, I will not mention God's word or speak anymore in his name. So he's done with it. Like, I'm not gonna even talk about God anymore. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. And here you can imagine him, you know, just the weariness of this statement. I'm weary of holding it in. Then he says, I can't. I think when we get in to touch with those parts that are really moving in our life, that it can be hard and there's a way we can't get to a point where we can't not do it anymore. We just understand that, look, this is what we have to do. And again, I think of people from caretakers to families to to people who are thinking about career shifts in all kinds of ways where we just get clear that this is the next right step. And what is it that we might be learning? What is it that God might be teaching us and sharing with us as, as that comes more and more alive? Well, I think there's obviously a freedom part where we step into what we know we're supposed to be. And and folks, just imagine, right? Like when you see somebody who's really doing exactly what they were meant to do, isn't it cool? it's, It's wonderful when you see somebody doing exactly what they were meant to do. That could be an artist. I I look at the wonderful singing that we have, you know, where, where people are just there. I know when, when, when I preach on occasion, I feel like I'm there. Like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And I think all of us yearn to have more and more moments like that. 
where we're not going through the motions anymore. But it's something that's so much who we are that we're able to express out there into the world. And maybe what we learn, and this is a word not very many people would like in this day and age. Maybe what we learn is this. Could we say the word there? Maybe we learn submission. Now, don't think, when I think of submission, I think of mixed martial arts, and you got to tap out before they break your arm. That's not what I'm talking about here. All right? Even if we have some mixed martial art fans out there. Look at the word, submission. It's made up of two words. Could we say the first one? And the second one? Submission. Submission means when we bring our lives, sub, for all the great Latin scholars and those who are fans of submarines, (laughs) sub means to come under. To come under. And that's where, when I I can understand the submission, it's where that, that love and that light that is flowing through my veins pulls my life up and out, maybe even into leadership positions that make me feel a little uneasy, pulls me up and it pulls me out of what even, and this is important here, pulls us out of what even my preferences might be. Even what I might like to do. It might actually even trump that. To to those of you, we have a lot of young adults here today. You know, really listen to that. Listen to that voice. Give it some time to think about it. Don't get caught up in the rush. Just take some time to think about how that might look in your life. Because I think what might be significant here, and we're going to show you a video in a minute, is trying to see that, yep, in a sense, we can have dreams that we want to pull out into life. But we also, as this video is going to show you, we also have to have this other view of dreams. And that's that there might just be a dream that's trying to find you. Yep, we can have dreams and try to push those out in the world. But part of leadership is this, is allowing to listen to those dreams that might be actually trying to find us. Take a look at this video. It is not death most people are afraid of. It is getting to the end of life only to realize that you never truly lived. There was a study done, a hospital study, on 100 elderly people facing death close to their last breath. They were asked to reflect about their life's biggest regret. Nearly all of them said they regretted not the things they did, but the things they didn't do, the risks they never took, the dreams they didn't pursue. I ask you, will your last words be, if only I hit, hey, you, wake up, why do you exist? Life is not meant to simply work, wait for the weekend, and pay rent. No, no, I don't know much, but I know this. Every person on this earth has a gift. And I apologize to the black community, but I can no longer pretend. Martin Luther King, that man never had a dream. That dream had him. See, people don't choose dreams. Dreams choose them. So the question I'm getting to 
is do you have the courage to grab the dream that picked you, that befits you and grips you, or will you let it get away and slip through? You know, I learned a fact about airplanes the other day. Now, this was this was so surprising. See, I was talking to a pilot and he told me that many of his passengers think planes are dangerous to fly in. But he said, actually, it is a lot more dangerous for a plane to stay on the ground. (laughs) I said, what? Like, how does that sound? Well, he said, he said, because on the ground, the plane starts to rust, malfunction and wear much faster than it ever would if it was in the air. As I walked away, I thought, yeah, makes total sense because planes were built to live in the skies and every person was built to live out the dream they have inside. So it is perhaps the saddest loss to live a life on the ground without ever taking off. I think there's so much wisdom there in, in, in what he has to say. You know, and that, that whole idea, like with Martin Luther King, that he didn't have a dream, that the dream had him. And, and you know, and again, this is, this is, I feel like I'm stumbling over myself here because it's, it's hard to, to do it in a way, to, to communicate in a way where, where we don't see that as like too big, like I, I think there's always a danger in going out, hey, go out and change the world, and then you go out and you can't even find parking and you feel all defeated. You know, it's like, it's, it's not what I, I don't want to leave you with that idea. I, I think what, what God is doing is God is allowing in our lives something to slowly unfold. This new covenant that it talked about there in Jeremiah. We're not going to talk about God anymore, but that God's going to start to live from the inside out in our lives and, and we'll start to see that purpose of life, the, the, the love and the light that's in our veins. We start to see that more and more. And then all of a sudden, a dream starts to catch us. And when that, when that dream starts to catch us, all of a sudden, like, bang, life becomes electric, really hard, impossibly hard, lots of tears, and electric. Do you want to live that kind of life? I think God is pulling us to that place. This wonderful old uh, old mystic said said these beautiful old German mystic said these beautiful lines. You know, God is closer to us. Listen carefully, to this folks. God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. beautiful. God is closer to you than you are to yourself. God is closer to me than I am to myself. God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. I think that all kind of comes into this, this soup. And, and, what, and what starts to happen, again, as we start to understand the light and the love in our veins is coming out, we start to feel this new covenant awakening in us. And we start to feel a dream start to capture us. A new kind of knowing takes over. I think that's the knowing that was talked about, that Christ talked about. Please say the K word really loud. You. Can we say it really loud? You. You know. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And here's the miracle of when Christ says that. You know, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Yeah, the disciples didn't quite understand it at first, but none of them said, no, we don't. 
Because we have this inner knowledge that, that yeah, we do know the way, that there's, there's part of us that knows it. I, I, I do, again, like, I don't know how to put language around this, but I, I do feel that, yeah, you know, it's, it's a challenge because our world has so many things that are kind of pulling us this way and that way, and we can get so ground down into just our preferences, just what I like, period, that, that we can miss that bigger knowing. Because all it is, our knowing, see if this makes sense, our knowing now is nothing but preferring. And that's it. And servant leadership, which we so badly need in this world, is that next step out. It's, it's something much bigger, much more powerful. And think about it in terms of navigating in your life. You know, I, hopefully all of you have been out. Has everybody in here seen a shooting star? I hope so, right? Right? Especially like up, you know, you're up in Michigan or Wisconsin or those places up there where they don't have city lights. You see shooting stars. Are they beautiful, yes or no? Yes. Are they good to navigate by, yes or no? No. You know what, they're beautiful. I mean, preferences are beautiful, but they're not going to help you if you're a sailor out on the sea at night. What's going to help a lot more is that. The lighthouse. Something where, again, where, where, we can, where we can take our lives and we can have this thing to navigate by. I want you to hear these words of Anne Lamont. I want you to hear these words of Anne Lamont talking about it. And I'm going to come back out in the audience again. What I'd like you folks to do is now I'm going to need, do we, do we have any graduates who would actually like to come up here? Do we have two graduates? Anybody brave enough? Any brave graduates? Can you holler yes? All right, we need one up here. Give Jamie a round of applause. And Jamie, if you can't find anybody, get to bring someone else up. Do we have another graduate? Who's coming up? I got another one up here. All right. Yeah, come on up. Just watch, guys. Watch the pit of despair there. You don't fall off the stage. Thank you. Come on here, folks. This is your brother. All right. Come over here, Jamie. Now, I want you folks just to listen to these words as they read them. And it's, it's about lighthouse. And I think it just speaks to, like, where we want to be. It's important for you guys to hear this, too. You know, about where we kind of want to be in our lives. All right. You ready, Jay? Yep. There you go. Lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. <laughs> <laughs> they just stand there shining. All right. Give them a round of applause, folks. Thank you. You can keep it. Because I think that that idea of lighthouses is so significant as we look at how servant leadership will move on in our lives. It really is about moving forward, and, and it's not always the grandiose thing. It's about how do I know what I know? How do I learn to trust myself? How do I learn to allow this inner knowledge to really come out? And folks, again, like, we can help each other so much with that. I mean, really, like, you're traveling, you're traveling someplace after this. Make that the conversation. Make that the conversation. We all know the Penguins are winning the Stanley Cup tonight, so no need to talk about that. 
But, but you can talk, our one Pittsburgh fan out there, you know, I'm the second one, you know, but, but talk about that. Like, what, is, what do you really know? Support each other with it. Give breath and life to it. Understand that maybe this is a person who's saying, this is my lighthouse moment. Knowing that that's not always necessarily easy. But boy, is it, it, there's just a way in life that it can create a life where we just start to feel more and more, I can breathe. I may not know a whole lot. But I know that this, that this is the work God has given me to do. And as best I can, as humbly as I can, I'm going to try to do it. I mean, that's a big part of New Church life, folks. It's a big part of your individual lives. It's a big part of what we're trying to do. And that support, you know, that support, some of the time, you know, it goes way back many years. And other times, even when it gets cold, wet, and muddy, it can be kind of fun. That support. That love, that care. You see, servant leadership, it's, 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 it's so easy. Part of me feels called to have sort of like a big, I don't know, moment. But, but, but I feel like servant leadership isn't necessarily that. It's, it's this kind of thing. It's where we can find that and support that voice with each other. And it's a voices, folks.
We wish Lucy Lord the very best on her journey home. We speak with gratitude to this congregation, the people who have allowed a dream to capture and who are doing their best to move that dream forward. And we speak with gratitude. Gratitude over all the many wonders of this life. Gratitude over your spirit here among us today. Gratitude that we get to do this together. In your name, we pray. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 